It's good to be here this morning. It's good to see all your smiling faces. And thank the Lord for his grace. So today I want to speak to you. I feel like the Lord uh, dropped some things in my spirit a couple of months ago. And um, I want to try to deliver it the best way I know how. Because, uh, you know, when, Del- when the Lord delivers it, it's just like smooth, like really good chocolate. Those, those chocolate commercials, it's just smooth, you know. But when you try to put it in your own words and try to deliver it, it's always a little different. God is good and able to deliver anything. But we are his people, and we try to deliver it like him. And sometimes it's a little bit more on the uh, difficult side. So I'm praying that God ministers you to you today, and you hear exactly what he wants you to hear for you. Because God has a purpose and a plan for each and every one of us. That we were formed in our womb by him. We were created. That we were not an accident. That I have the DNA that he wanted me to have. I can. I have the blonde hair, the blue eyes, the fair skin. Because he said he wanted me to have the blonde hair, the blue hair, the whatever. Not blue hair. Blue eyes and fair skin. He knew that I would twist over my tongue and fall over it. But that's okay. That's okay because God says he takes the weak things to conform, to let the people that think they're all that in a bag of chips, I have to put it in my words, that they're not because God is all that in a bag of chips, okay? That's my comparisons, okay? So what I want to talk about this morning is in Jeremiah 29 and 11, and it's the plans that I have for you. God says, I know the plans I have for you. And I want to stop there. Plans, plural, Plans, more than one, not just to get saved. Not just to get saved. Not just to get saved. I have plans for you, declares the Lord, to prosper and not to bring harm to you, but plans to give you hope and a future. Do you know his very first plan for you is that you know that he is your first love? That's the very first plan he has for you, that you come to the knowledge that he is to be your first love, that you are to love him more than you love your job, more than you love your family, more than you love anything else. Now, I know some people would say that didn't know the Lord very much. How is that that I'm not supposed to love my family? I'm supposed to love the Lord more than my family. Because if you get to know the Lord, you know that the Lord loves everybody with a deep, rich love. And that he says, if you seek ye first the kingdom of God, all these things will come into you, to place. And that God will never take you away from your family when your family needs you. Matter of fact, he'll instill things in you to prosper your family. That God doesn't take us away from our our family. He is just a jealous God and he formed you because he wants you to know him in his fullness and his love for you. So don't ever let, don't ever let the Lord, don't ever let the devil lie to you and say that God is not a good God because he wants you to love him first over your family. And he said, the second plan is that he, that he, that we would know him in the richness of his love. You know, we use love really lightly. Matter of fact, when we were dating, we loved everybody. Okay? And you know that wasn't love. That was lust or, you know, or infatuation. We'll be nice today. I'm not in CR. No kidding. (laughs) 
I love my CR. I love CR, okay? I love the ladies from Progress House. Love you, ladies. So I just, uh, anyway, I'm just going to go back to my sermon. Okay, so the richness of his fullness of his love. In God, when we go to spend time with him, you know, he's a spiritual God, and we must, you know, worship him, and we must seek him in the spirit. The flesh cannot comprehend the things of God. They cannot absorb the richness of his love because our mind is, doesn't understand but like that, what I was talking about, the fatuation of love. His love goes so deep and so beyond that we'll never, ever truly understand it. But what his desire is that you seek him each and every day to his fullness so that you are overflowing and full of richness of his love. So that you can, third plan, be molded and shaped in your identity in him. So that, Tracy, you will know. I know I have to pick on Tracy. I just love her. Brother White picks on me. I'll pick on you. Okay. That's because I love you a lot. Tracy has a gift and a calling that she's not even really using. And I'm going to be bold to say it right in front of everybody. Her voice up here makes a difference. There's an anointing in her voice that touches people's lives. She thinks that she... It's just about decorating the church and getting things ready and all her creativity. And that's a gift too. But her voice, it's been gifted of God with an anointing that breaks yokes, that makes a difference in people's lives. And her identity is in Christ and not in what the world says it is and not what people have said she is. But her identity is that she's the daughter of the great I am and there's nothing impossible with God and that she can do all things through Christ Jesus and that she was put here with a purpose and a plan to touch other people's lives also. So the next plan is that we go out into the highways and the byways and we compel them to come in. That when you've got the richness of his love in you plan. And your identity has been molded and is, is molded because it's never stopping. Because you will never get to the fullness in your glass of him because he never stops. The knowledge in him never stops. It's a consistently each and every day, year after year after year. I don't care how many years you've been saved. I don't care how many times you've been to church. I don't care. It'll never stop. Keep going. It'll never stop. You'll always be growing, consistently growing in the fullness in him, in your knowledge in him, and in your identity in him. So the next thing is he wants to widen. That was with to go out in the highways and the byways so that when you're out there in the midst of your work, that when you're by people that don't know him, that your life will make an impact on theirs. Your very presence will make them feel peace. Do you know that we take for granted the presence of God in our life? And when you go out around people that don't know God, do you know that they can feel you when you come into the room? That when the room is dark and it's weary, that when you walk in that room, light comes in that room. Hope comes in that room. Peace comes in that room. And they need you. They need all of us for that. 
And then he wants to widen our territories. Not just where you work, not just your neighbors, but he wants to widen your territories. And I believe that is a lot of time is when we become a permanent part of the body of Christ in a church. And he wants us to widen our territories. He wants us to go past these four walls. He wants us to take us out. So we've compelled our friends and our families and all of them to come in and find Lord, find the richness and all that. So then what happens after we've already been and we've touched our families and our friends, where are we at then? We're just sitting in these four walls. But the plan is to go out. And he wants to widen our territories. But why is it that we never have enough workers? Why is it that we never have enough workers for the needs that are in the church? But yet, this is the plans that God has for us. So the Lord dropped in my spirit three things that keep his people from being able to go out to the highways and the byways. Well, actually, it was four. First of all, he said they make... They make comfort zones. They come in. They get to experience the richness, the fullness, the love, the hear, the word. And then they go out and they go back to their homes and they build comfort zones. We become hoarders. We become hoarders. But then I said, Lord, but why do we do that? Because the truth is, is the richness and the fullness of God makes us want to go out and compel people. And he said, because there's three things that show up that keep them from going out. And one is the spirit of intimidation. We look at ourselves as a small fish in a big world. We look like we we let we let the world intimidate us. We let People with suits intimidate us. We let the things around us intimidate us. You know, we let the enemy lie to us and say, you're not very bright, you're not very smart, you don't know the word enough, you can't speak that well, why are they going to listen to you? Why? But the Lord says that he didn't give us a spirit of intimidation. With When our identity is in him like it should be, we would not be intimidated by anyone. And if you'll step out, that he'll meet you there. Because it is his plan for you to widen your territories. It is your plan, his plan for you to speak to people, to speak life into them, to give them hope, to be part of the program that is just now starting called Hands of Hope. It's his plan. If you're a part of this body and you call this your home, then you are implanted and got your, it's part of your plan to be a part of Hands of Hope. Because God puts people together. He forms this body so that we can be a powerhouse for him and we can walk out. We can be his hands. We can be his mouth. We can be his love because people need to see Jesus in the flesh. And we are Jesus in the flesh. We're our hands, his hands. That one simple touch of somebody can make a world of difference. When you look at somebody in their eyes, and you've got the spirit of Christ in you, they feel the love of Christ. 
We cannot be intimidated by the world. We cannot be intimidated by the lies the enemy says. Oh, you can't do this. You're not smart enough. That was my thing. I wasn't smart enough. I didn't talk well. I still don't talk well. I don't think I ever will. I don't speak properly. I'm from the South. Get re- you know, that's what it is. I was in the office the other day with three, three suits, because suits used to intimidate me. And I said, yeah, Woodland rolls up the sidewalks at 8 o'clock. And not one of them turned around. I'm like, wow. I was like, wow, really? You, you couldn't laugh at that? You know? I was like, long time ago, long time ago, that really would have intimidated me, but I don't care anymore. I don't care because I got Jesus and they don't, you know? <laughs> and I don't mean it that way. I don't mean it that way, but the enemy can't use little things like that to tear me down anymore. He can't do it. Now, the truth is, they really didn't understand what I said, and they were too intimidated to ask me what I meant. Or they were a stuffed shirt, but I don't think they were a stuffed shirt. I really do think that they didn't understand what I said, and they're probably wondering what it is. Maybe one of them asked me one of these days. But I want to tell you, I want to talk a little bit more about intimidation and how it works. You know, when I started Celebrate Recovery, I, actually, I didn't go to start Celebrate Recovery. I actually started, went to start an AA meeting. I had went to Jeff, and I told him, I said, I'd met this young lady. She really excited me. She really had um, a, a passion about her that I hadn't seen in a really long time, and the Lord started ministering to me. She's on the outside of the church. You should start ministering to the ones on the outside of the church. And I said, I'm for this, Lord, because she excites me. So I went to Jeff. I said, hey, I want to start an NA meeting. I didn't even know what I was getting into, but I figured I'd started all kinds of classes before, and they were always good, and God always met me, so I wanted to do something different. And Jeff says, well, I think you need to talk to Jen, because she's got, she helps out in this, thing, this program called Celebrate Recovery. And I went and talked to Jen, and she says, come on on Saturday nights. So I did. We went to New Testament, and I liked it. They only had maybe 15, 20 people, huh, guys? 15, 20 people there. I can do this. 15, 20 people. You know, Jen's doing worship, you know. So I went and ordered the book. Oh, Lord. The book showed this thick, and it showed all kinds of programs I was supposed to do just before I even got it started. You know, and well, I forgot I'd went to my dad too. I went to Jeff and went to Jen, and then I went to my dad. I checked it out. I went to my dad. And then dad was like, Okay, sis, when are you going to start it? Sis, when are you going to start it? Sis, when are you going to start it? And I'm like, I don't know, dad. I got to figure this out. You know, I got to figure this out. Because the book and the people that were coming to me, because I'd had different people that was like, Well, you got to do this and you got to do this. And all of a sudden, that simple little class that I just knew I could handle became this big program. You know, and at that, po- at that point, Randall, I didn't know what I know now, okay? And it was very intimidating. So I was like, oh, and I don't know how Jeff and I landed at lunch, but I know it had to be God. We landed at lunch at Panda. Remember, Jeff? At Panda. And he says, okay, sis. He says, so what is it we got to do? And I said, well, Dad, you know, Dad's pressuring me, Jeff. I said, he needs, you know, he needs a date, needs a date, you know. And Dad had never been like that before, but I knew it was God. You know, it was God. I know now it was God. Then I just thought it was pressure, and, you know. And I said, well, he says, well, what do we got to do? And I said, well, they want all these teams, and they want this T-E-A-M, team. And each person stands for something. i got to train them, and we got to train this, and we got to train that. And I said, but he said, well, what do we got to do just to get started? I said, well, I think we just got to do a couple classes. Isn't that what we did, Jeff? Just a couple classes. He says, okay, so we'll do the classes here, here, here. And uh, sure enough, we did the classes, and we started on March the 28th, 
and uh, it'll be three years next month. What are you doing? Now, I said all that to let you know that if it wouldn't have been me getting with my brother, I'd probably still be sitting there wondering what date I'd start this, okay? Because I'm a procrastinator really bad, okay? I knew what I wanted to do in my heart, but it looked like it was way more than I had people too, to do it with. That was a lot of the problem, too, is we didn't have enough people to get it going and stuff. But I'm going to tell you right now that if you've, God is laying something on your heart and you're in a little bit intimidated, come see one of the ministers because we've been there and done that. And if we haven't, we'll break the ground with you. We'll break ground with you. We'd never done Celebrate, but Jen had. She did it. She'd already broke the ground. Then Julie came on, and I thought all my troubles was over because she knew exactly what she was doing. So she was a great help when I first started. Love you, Julie. You did great. So the next, uh, the next one is failure. Looking at something, looking, going out, looking to start a ministry, looking God spoken to you, I want you to teach. I want you to start a ministry. I want you to do this. Failure. You know, when I first put this together, the first thing I thought of was the children of Israel. When God said, go because this is the promised land. And they'd went, and then the spies went over. And when they came back, they had told them all these things, and they thought they were grasshoppers. And then they decided to go sit and wait 40 years before they could go over and possess the land that God had already given to them. And that's why I'm saying failure will make you miss out on the plans. Fear of failure will make you miss out on the plans that God has got for you. It'll make you sit. It'll make you wait. It'll make you let everything pass by you, being afraid of it, being intimidated, being afraid of failure, being able, afraid of starting something. God has a purpose and a plan. God does not set us up for failure. God says your feet are already ordained. He told Joshua, wherever you put your foot, I have already given it to you. You need to know that if God lays something on your heart, that failure is not a part of God's vocabulary. That you need to know that failure truly is only part of the, it's how you look at something. Remember Benjamin Franklin? Yeah, I don't know how many times he failed before he started, but he kept going. It's just a matter of, of the way you look at it. You can't look at if you start something and God shuts a door as failure. You've got to look at it as that's not the road God wanted you to go. So he shut this door because when he shuts one door, he'll open another door. If this person don't want to accept. So let's say if, let's say if Jeff said, no, we don't want to do in a then God would have opened another door. He would have took the same route, and he would have went, and we still would have ended up with Celebrate Recovery because it was the plan. God has a plan and a purpose, but we cannot let intimidation and failure get in the way. There's no failure in God's vocabulary, and it shouldn't be in ours. We should know that God wants us to succeed. And it is his purpose and his plan to go out and meet and greet. That meet and greet, that's uh, part of my stuff at work, sorry. <laughs> meet and greet my customers. Is out to go out to the highways and by, uh, byways and to have them to come in, to know him, to be able to hand out that hand and say, here, this, you need this today. Or you look like you need something today. Or here's what God has for you. Here's love. Here's 
patience. Uh, here's a word. You just need to talk. People need. They have all kinds of needs out there. And their world is out there and it's dying. And it needs what we have. But we've got to come out of our comfort zones. We've got to learn that there is not going to be any real peace in our comfort zones. Any real peace. The last one is fear. I left fear for the last because fear is the greatest. Do you know how bad fear hits the world? There's all kinds of people out there on anxiety pills, all kinds of pills. I know fear really well because fear tries to walk with me all the time, all the time. But God says he didn't give us a spirit of fear, but of a power, love, and a sound mind. And that we must stand on that scripture. And that we must know that God is with us. And if God be for us, who be against us? And that if he says go, you can go. And if your footsteps have ordained, then he's already set it forth. And if he said take courage, be strong, and take courage. Remember, that's what he said for Joshua. Be of good courage. Be of courage. Take this ground. Where I, you put your foot, I've already given you. It's the same thing as as Christians. He has already given us the ground. We just must be able to take and have courage to go out there. People are really wanting us. They really need what we have. We have life in us. We have that hope. We have the future. We need to go out. We need to put our hands to work. We need to not sit back in our comfort zones. We need to be able to reach out to these people. They're out there. They're dying. There's all kinds of homeless out there. There's people still out there on drugs that they can't even get into programs. They're out there. They need us, and we have what they what they need and we need to not be afraid we need to take courage we need to step out we need to get apart we need to have a voice for God we need to be his hands and his feet we need to not hold back we need to trust God have faith and know that he has that plan for us that plan to prosper us because Tracy I'm telling you right now that when we go home sorry it's just your face sticks out to me today when we go home When you go home and you go back to your house and you fill up your day with everything but what God wants you to do, you can do that easily. But when you lay your head down on your pillow at night, the lack of fulfillment in your life is still there. And when you raise up in the morning, you'll blame everybody in your life for what you lack. And it's all because you are not stepping out into the calling that God has placed upon your life. And because you're letting fear, intimidation, and failure rule your life. And let me show you, let me tell you something right now. David was anointed. We too are anointed. Okay, David went, little scrawny David, because it doesn't matter what size you are, how long you've been saved, 40 years, one year. Okay, David went out and showed up and Goliath was over there and he was taunting them. He was intimidating them. They thought about if they went out to meet him, it was sure death. So fear was there. They seen failure. Death is failure. You know, any way you want to look at it. But David went out there and he said, you come to me with a spear and a sword, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. And I this day will take your head. And that's what he did when he slung that rock and it hit in his forehead. Do you really think 
that it just accidentally hit his forehead right there? Come on, let's get real. Okay. My luck, the wind would have hit it and it would have went opposite and hit me in the head. But when God's in it, it hits him right where it was supposed to. And you know what did David do? He took his sword, took his own sword, and went over there and he took his head. Okay? I want you to listen to this. He took his head. And he took his head and he put it on his spear. And he took it back to his home, his tent, and he put it up to show that he had authority over this thing. And that's what we have to do. You have to take the head of fear of intimidation and failure, and you have to put it on whatever you want to put it on and put it up in your home and let you know that you have the authority over these things. Because if you do not, you will be sitting in the same spot for the rest of your life, feeling empty, feeling less than whole. You know, I I want to point out something to you. The biggest lie the enemy tells you is when you're blessed and... um, and the Lord, and when the, you know, when you're being blessed and you're, you know, everything's good in your life and stuff like that, and you're still not going out. Do you know in the 40 years that they were sitting there and didn't take their promised land, do you know God's manna every day? God gave them manna every day. He fed them every day, every day. Their clothes never wore out. They never outgrew their clothes. God loves his people. God will still be good to you, but you will not find fulfillment if you do not fulfill your calling, if you do not fulfill your calling, you will be still sitting in the same spot for 40 years watching everybody go by you. Well, God bless them. Just everybody going by them, coming in, sitting here, hearing the same sermons, and then you're going to get tired of the sermons because guess what? The sermons are not going to fulfill you if you don't fulfill your calling. They're going to convict you. They're going to convict you. They're not going to be fulfilling. So I just want to tell you today, I hope that I've encouraged you because we're starting program, a program called Hope of, Hope, Hands of Hope. Sorry. Okay. Hands of Hope. And we're looking for a lot of hands. And God, I'm going to tell you something right now. I, I didn't do this because he did this. Let me tell you how God works. He gave me this two months ago when I was getting ready for work. He just flooded this through me, and I had to write it all down. Then we did, and then he talked to Jeff and gave Jeff hands of hope. So what that does that tell me, and then you've heard Brother White speak on some things. You know what I'm seeing? And then he says, I'm craving my people. It tells me that God has a plan for this body. He has a plan for each and every one of us. And he has a plan for this body. And the day is the day of salvation. Today is the day to rise up and say, here am I, Lord. Here am I. You're looking for somebody? Here am I. Because God is not looking for your talent. And he's not looking for your gifts. And he's not looking how good you can talk or spell or whatever. you know. He's not looking for that. He's looking for a heart that loves him. He's looking for a person that wants to do their very best for him. That's what God's looking for. He's not looking for how talented you are, because if so, I would not have been picked. I would not have been picked. You do not even understand. Everybody says, oh, that looks so easy for you, Liz. Oh, it's not. But I love the Lord more. I love the Lord more than the fear. I love, the more, I love him more than the panic attack I had on Friday. 
I'm not joking. It's okay, though. I'm glad I experienced it because then I can help other ladies or whoever when they have a panic attack. And then I know how to pray for it. That's another thing, too. So I just want to encourage you this morning that now's the time to rise up and be accounted for. God is putting an army together. Today is the day. Rise up. Rise up and be accounted for. If we could get, Jen, if you could music back up. If we could all stand. Today I hope that you get something out of this. Like I said, when the Lord delivers it, it's so much easier than when it is to deliver from you, from me. But God has a purpose and a plan. He has many plans. Many plans. Hands of hope. Hands of hope. There's so much hope that people out there, there's people out there, it just breaks my heart when I go and I walk by and they're just talking to themselves. Or when they're weather-worn. You know, and when I'm driving by sometimes... I wonder where I would hide if I had no home. There's people out there that's dying and they're right under our noses. There's people out there that are addicted so bad and their family don't know what to do and they've been all kinds of rehabs. God is the only one that can break chains off of people, that can turn their lives around, that can make a difference. And he needs us. He's calling us. So today, I would just ask you, if you'd like, the alders are open. But if you're dealing with any of these issues and you need help, Please come down. We'll pray for you. If I get all the ministers to come up, please. Carrie and Randall, please come up. We'd like to pray with you because God is the answer. And if you're sick in body, God is the answer. Jamie, come get in line. God is the answer. God can do all things. There's nothing impossible.